we're a motley crew of of sickness and deafness and tiredness and weirdness. So that that's a good way to enter the year here uh, on year. Community Rewatching 101. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you probably noticed like you were kind of due for an episode last week. We called it off because at least half of us were under some sort of blizzard or snow watch and the other half were suffering with COVID or ear infections. And, uh, you didn't want to hear us whine for, for an hour. And so we're going to, we waited a week. We have a no whining policy, Thomas, no whining, uh, today, and we'll see if we can get through. So, welcome back. Welcome to the first episode of 2023, people. Woo! Excited to be here. Wow. It's, it's such a futuristic year, 2023. Hard to, like, hard to process that. I don't Gosh. like the odd number years. It throws my mind off. I, I can't wait to get back to an even number. But, <laughs> yeah, at this point, we're getting farther and farther away from community being on the air. But we're getting closer and closer to community, the movie. We were talking about that before the episode started. Uh, no no, really strong new news yet. But we were speculating. We wondered, you know, if we would show up and watch a D&D episode or a Choose Your Own Adventure episode or something like that. Put to a movie. So, I don't know. So uh, hopefully you guys had a good Christmas. Uh, since we're talking about a Christmas episode today, we're going to be doing Season 2, Episode 11, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. If we had timed it just a smidge better, we would have gotten this out for Christmas. But oh well, this is your belated Christmas gift. And you need at least one in the middle of January anyways. So are you guys ready to do this? Are you ready to get into stop motion, clay, silicon, whatever it was? Ho, 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 baby. Filled with the Christmas spirit. I can't and phlegm. Um <laughs> uh, well <laughs> since since uh Abed's of course really enraptured with uh Christmas specials, I wanted to ask you guys if any of you have a favorite Christmas special, not movie, special. Mm. T V special. Um, what would you pull there? I'm uh I'm rather fond I know it's not a very interesting pick of the original Grinch cartoon. Uh, especially because our college used to show it the night before finals in, in December. And so everybody would gather in the cafeteria. We'd show it on the projector uh, you know, screen, the old, old slideshow screen. And mm-hmm. they would have tons of cookies and donuts. And we would just get really sugared up for finals. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. What about you guys? Favorite Christmas specials? I think I'm going to go with Mickey's Christmas Carol. Ah, Good pick. I love that. It was not afraid to be dark and creepy, too, which I love. Tiny Tim, it always makes me cry. I know. Yeah. Like with most areas of my life, my mind goes to to Doctor Who. (laughs) And uh, and Mm. it's got a bunch of great Christmas specials. But probably my favorite is the one where they do A Christmas Carol. Uh, And it actually really works for Doctor Who. They do a bit of like time travel stuff to make the the three ghosts of past and future and present kind of work in a really cl- clever way and it's a it's a good christmas special you got one al yeah um i mean i'm a sucker for christmas in general but um my favorite christmas special is probably santa claus is coming to town the rankin bass one okay i love the old rankin bass ones because they're just absolutely off their rocker 
like they just said, let's make a movie out of Santa Claus is coming to town. You know, well, okay, well, we're going to have a bad guy named Burgermeister Meisterburger, and we're going to have, you know, an abominable snowman, and we're going to have a winter wizard. He's like, where is this coming from? They were just making things up and putting it on TV like it was fact. And I love that. Rudolph the Resnose Reindeer, excuse me, Yukon Cornelius came from where? When did he, he fight a bumble? And it just, they're, they're so completely you know, out there that they tickle me. And Santa Claus is coming to town is particularly absurd, especially the end of it with Burgermeister Meisterburger, who gets old and dies and everyone forgets about him. And that's how the villain is disposed of. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's how people have been trying to get rid of our podcast for years now, but it's not going to happen. There can be only one (laughs) taking the heads of all the other community podcasts. You probably assumed this already, but uh, Mm. I just want to point out that I, I have no idea what any of the ones all of you referenced are. And I oh, no. Oh, no. So. <laughs> Aww. Got to get I'm you sorry. some culture, son. Yeah. Do they, do they only have, like, two channels out in the outback, and they're showing, like, <laughs> 1950s TV? They're catch, slowly catching you up. I don't one know. Of them, one has Paul Hogan. The other one has uh, Steve Irwin, and that's all, that's all they got. That's, that's all they got. <laughs> Uh, well, well, of course, you could probably look up a lot of those on YouTube, but we're all sharing Thomas, at least in one Christmas special today. So that that'll bring us together. That'll make us bond. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we'll let's get into this episode. Well, we got a lot to talk about. And Al's got a summary for us. All right. Community season two, episode 11, Abed's uncontrollable Christmas written by Dan Harmon and Dino Stamatopoulos at East Starburns. And directed by Duke Johnson, FBI. <laughs> a non-specific holiday is in the air at Greendale, and everyone has turned into claymation, or at least Abed thinks so. The gang is concerned about his weirder-than-normal break from reality, and enlists the help of Professor John Oller, who is certain he can get at least a book deal out of this. Abed, however, has decided that his newly claymated state will help him discover the true meaning of Christmas. So quicker than you can say Rankin Bass, the gang follows Abed on a magical Christmas journey slash therapy session to discover the root of his disassociation. Who possesses enough Christmas spirit to see Abed through to the end? Who gets eaten by a ravenous Christmas pterodactyl? Who manages to avoid looking like a horrifying claymation monster? All these animation, all these answers and more tonight on Community. Nice. So I think we established maybe last time we were talking, this is the first episode where the cast like isn't on screen live person. This is the first time they've just provided voice work, right? We're not well, some completely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Happens a couple more times, but this is, this is the first and probably most well known of those uh, occasions. So yeah, they made a big deal. I remember watching some specials about this because they were leading up to this in season two and they had to start working on it months and months in advance uh, knowing that they were going to do an entire 21-minute episode that was completely stop-motion animated with not not clay, but, you know, we're just going to call it clay stop-motion. You know what we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, of course, the cast provides the voices, but uh, all the hard work has to be done by the modelers who worked uh, tirelessly to make this episode. So every criticism we might have, uh, we'll have to fall upon the shoulders of people who just poured so much time into this that I'm going to feel really horrible uh, dissing this at all. But <laughs> it'll yeah, I wondered uh, if this 
if the decision to do this was partly uh, logistical at all, like it took pressure off the the shoots for all the other episodes of the season. They didn't need to get the actors on set for this whole episode and stuff. But I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that works out because surely this episode was probably. I bet it was more expensive than a lot of the other episodes this season. So uh, I don't know if it if it helped logistically at all. It definitely shows you that this show was moving more and more into these meta episodes where high concept uh, became, you know, these are the things that really got community noticed. People were, this was what the buzz got going. People would be talking about this episode. Like, did you see that? You know, that one weird sitcom that just suddenly stop motion animated everything. You know, that's that's going to set you apart from everybody else on NBC that night. So that, you know, that's worth it. That's some good marketing right there if you can pull it off. And they did. Uh, considering the show was never a massive hit, I feel like it must have had a um, like this must have been a huge piece of their budget for the season. We and, obviously do a lot of research ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know anything we, about. We the should budget, look that up. I, yeah. I heard something. Uh, I saw something like Dan Harmon ended up having to put in like a hundred thousand of his own money or something, which at first made me go, oh, Dan Harmon just sitting around with you know a spare hundred thousand he can easily just put into an episode <laughs> of his show." But, uh, but that's kind of crazy that that get ballooned by that much that it needed an extra hundred thousand. I'm just having like a, a mental image of my wife going, honey, I just checked the bank account. Wow, we're missing a hundred thousand dollars. Did you buy something on Amazon? No, I just bought a episode that I'm working on my show. Oops. <laughs> probably pass that by you. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the visual. Cause of course the, the visual style of this episode is the, the big selling point, the big noticeable difference from the rest of the season. So, what do you guys think about this style? Do you like, I mean, well, Rankin Bass maybe, but do you guys like this? Or just just the visuals, not the whole episode, but do you like this style? I love Does stop motion. Yeah? Yeah. I find it incredibly impressive. I love to see what people can do with it. Um, but yeah, th- not this one in particular. They look at the, Some of them look really <laughs> creepy. They did Britta so dirty. Some of yeah. the seven don't look good. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff's pretty weird as well. Something yeah, so weird. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, really thick I think, eyebrows. I think I wrote down. I think the best are Pierce and Shirley, maybe. Yeah, uh, Troy Jeff. was decent. Troy's Troy was, yeah. But every time I saw Jeff, I'm like, oh, ha, ha, ha. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I love Chang as a snowman. I don't know why that tickles me so much. It just <laughs> looks like him. If he was a snowman, <laughs> it's really well done. Um, I I always like you know pure claymation. I like the Wallace and Gromit studio. Oh yeah, I love sure. that stuff too. Man, I mean, if you've never seen Curse of the Were Rabbit or the original Wallace and Gromit, you you owe yourself to go back and watch some of the finest stop motion claymation you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious stuff. Yeah, so Thomas, you have um, so you're not familiar with the the Rankin Bass specials then that these are kind of cribbing from. Am I understanding no, that I right? Just, I just googled Rankin Bass. I don't know. If I, I didn't spell it. Are right. you familiar with Christmas? <laughs> no. <laughs> just Google that. Are we going to have our own claymation episode to teach Thomas about all these? Thomas, beloved a very American special Christmas, Christmas specials. 
Well, so uh, but I'm wondering, does this like so does like this style of uh, this claymation style immediately evokes Christmas for me anytime I see it in any context? Does that do that for you? Is there is there still an association with that, or is it just a total like cultural divorce? Uh, not a yeah, no strong connection. I think in my mind, um, but I, I I have seen I don't know yeah a lot of the Wallace and Gromit and like uh, my nieces and nephews watch Shaun the Sheep and I feel like sure, those okay. shows also have a lot of Christmas stuff. But um, but no, I guess no, it doesn't make me go like immediately Christmassy. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's. I guess it shouldn't surprise me that the world is in fact bigger than America. But <laughs> that I just it never stopped to consider that anybody wouldn't immediately think Christmas. Yeah, that's um, interesting. So I totally missed. Yeah, that that is like a Christmassy thing in itself mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. Or you know, of course, Halloween with the Nightmare Before Christmas, and oh, that's yeah. true. Became such a big thing, and everybody liked the style, and the you know, it had Christmas too. So you know, I guess a. Got the best of mm-hmm. both worlds. Yeah, that's oh. true. But yeah, you're. I agree that like stop motion is just so impressive to watch and always so kind of interesting and so detailed. I've been really excited to check out that um, Pinocchio on Netflix. I still haven't gotten around to you it. You should that, that looks check it incredible. out. It's good. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. The Del Toro one, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the other two that came out this year. I've heard yeah, people. No. I, I, I've been watching a lot of like end of year lists and people either put that as like, one of the best of the year or one of the absolute worst of the year. It's been <laughs> the hilarious. The Del Toro I've seen Pinocchio? It, yes, I've seen it top both lists uh, several times. I had uh, questions. Like, I, I had I had issues, but I really, really love the design of it. I, I thought it was cool. very masterfully done. And, and the story was decent. I thought it was good. Well, I really like that they commit here to not just creating a fantasy world, which we get into, uh, but also recreating Greendale in the stop motion. Like, it's kind of fun watching him go through the campus and the the study room and uh, the cafeteria, especially. Even the boombox. Like, they bothered mm-hmm. to recreate the Dean's little boombox there. And you just kind of, like, I would have loved a whole episode being on the actual campus and watching it in this style. That would have been kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, especially with the holiday zones. Because it's a special time, which the school acknowledges no specialness. Uh, but you I, can use the holiday zones. I love the little cut to the holiday zone. There's just two very sad-looking people. One yeah. on the Christmas tree and one, like, it's lighting a candle or a menorah. I forget. But it's the just, menorah, a, yeah. it's such a sad little cutaway. It's yeah. a sad tree. That tree is somehow sadder than Charlie Brown's tree. <laughs> yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. And just how they're behind some caution tape, like... Don't let this affect anyone else on campus. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them in this area. Oh uh, well, we we find out after Abed does that like song at the beginning that this is the most important Christmas in the history of the universe, which is why we're all stop motion animated. And everybody was like, "What?" Oh, they also include the Louise Guzman statue, which I loved mm. in that that opening bit, but. Oh, and I'm sorry, I was just, I have, I have the episode playing and I just saw Troy again. I mm-hmm. take it back. I am actually not that impressed with Troy. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, then. Maybe when he's a toy soldier, he looks a little better, but yeah, no. So Abed is seeing everything in stop motion. And apparently this is a, a great concern to everybody to the point where they might kick him off campus. 
I feel like this is the weak, mm-hmm. weak little link of this episode. I agree. Uh, I, I've always had a pr- problem with this because, again, this is Greendale, where your dean is always dressing up in weird, bizarre costumes. And uh, we find out in season six that they gave a diploma to a dog. And, you know, they got, a sh- they got a class called Ladders. I mean, really, would they kick anybody out just because he thinks everything's stop motion? Like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. Well, there is the fact he was jumping on cars in the parking yes. lot. But, but still, I agree that I think Greendale would accept that. <laughs> and they tasered him and it was fine. Yeah, they sorted. They sorted the situation. No problem. Well, we learned. We learned back in season one, right? When Chang and and Jeff were fighting on top of the cars, they both got tased. So this is like mm-hmm. just standard yeah. operating protocol for <laughs> Greendale. Mm-hmm. You jump on a car, you're gonna get tased. But I love the fact that this episode sets it up that this is all real. Like it's not in some fantasy world. We're just seeing it from a different perspective. So I loved throughout the episode just imagining what all of this looks like in reality. Uh, because it's really happening. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I, I would love to like see I that. Was say more there. It's hard <laughs> to split your mind in two like that, but yeah. <laughs> so we get Duncan. Duncan comes back. He's actually a pretty big presence in this episode. Yeah. The the antagonist, even, uh, who comes in to, quote unquote, help Abed, but really he just wants to publish a paper on whatever weird psychotic break that Abed's having here. Um, so he's like fascinating and publishable. Uh, so it's so, so all for that. So Abba says, if I can find the meaning of Christmas, everything will go back to normal. Jeff says asterisk. asterisk. <laughs> I thought that was a beautiful little like doesn't need to be don't need to elaborate on it. I just thought that was great. So. So, yeah. Um, by the way, we didn't mention this. It's also a musical. Mm-hmm. We also get several tiny little songs that, of course, you have heard since then on Top 40 radio ever since. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do you like any of the songs? Are you guys, is there a song that you can actually think of? I like the final song. Okay. I actually legit like it. And, and Annie's song about Jeff is funny. Yeah. Other than that, no. I think my favorite actually is, is the one about Britta. Uh, just because it's so like, it's... I find it actually quite touching. They're both like sad in that moment, and it gets me. Gets me. Aww. I, think I like all... the sad, quick Christmas song <laughs> while he's uh, oh, yeah. apparently feeling up. <laughs> That's kind of funny too. <laughs> That's so weird. And that that last line of Chang's, I don't want to think about. Yeah, yeah we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, don't, how would you well think about it. the music? I was also going to highlight the sad, quick Christmas song. I just, I think that they're all at least clever. And I appreciate them that way. I think it's a, I think the songs are one of the highlights of the episode for me. I, I do think they did a pretty good job on all of them. But the sad, quick Christmas song is just such a specific thing in Christmas movies. Yes, that uh, you can make fun of for forty-five seconds and then move on because no one's going to remember that song anyway. And, and all also, of these songs are pretty quick. Yeah, yeah and so, the fact yeah. that the the opening song we already talked about, but the fact it's to the theme of the show, to the main theme of community is pretty cool it's using yeah. the same theme but christmasy lyrics i always notice whenever a sitcom decides to do a musical episode that we very quickly figure out who on the cast can actually sing <laughs> and who are just <laughs> desperately wishing that they hadn't 
been forced to do a musical episode mm-hmm. because uh yeah some, some of these people really can't i mean they're trying but they're out of their depth i always think of buffy the vampire slayer allison yeah. hannigan has one line in the entire episode <laughs> it's like sung in <laughs> monotone <laughs> yeah. um yeah so we get uh so we get abed duncan trying to help abed so he's abed's kind of taking him into this magical christmas world where I guess that's kind of another layer we're inceptioning here, another layer to all of this. Uh, that so Abed's kind of relaying what he's processing and taking them on a journey. So Duncan becomes the Christmas wizard, and <laughs> but Pierce is just here for the cookies. If you actually watch the episode, he's just eaten so many cookies in this episode, and I I found that really funny and relatable because that's what some people that's all they want out of Christmas. Just a ton of cookies. There are some good cookies at Christmas, though. Yeah. I like Jeff's line. You're playing with so much fire to Duncan. And uh, and Abed starts taking them into their his Christmas land. And he says, we're in outer Christmas space where its atmosphere is now 7% cinnamon. Aw. Yeah. Although I think, you know, if our atmosphere was actually 7% cinnamon, we'd be hacking up coughs all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that would just coat your lungs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's right. The first breath would be like, oh, that's kind of a sweet smell. And then the second breath would be like. <laughs> <laughs> we take that cinnamon challenge where you take a spoonful of cinnamon oh. and try to swallow it. And you just. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Nope. Uh, so we get the transformations where all the characters now in Abed's. I'm just going to call it dream world. I don't know what we're Christmas world uh, where they all become some sort of trope or cliche of a Christmas toy from a special. So we get Jeff in the box, Britta robot, Shirley baby, Troy soldier, soldier, uh, Teddy Pierce, ballerina, Annie. Uh, I want to ask you which uh, we can include Duncan as a Christmas wizard here too. Uh, which one of these did you like the most? The transformation versions. I think I liked Troy Soldier the most. He's a little bummed he just gets a drum. Mm-hmm. Thank like, oh, like, okay. <laughs> I like Teddy Bear Pierce. I think he's adorable. <laughs> he is adorable. <laughs> well, I love Shirley's reaction when she becomes the baby. <laughs> She's just like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I know you respect me too much to think I'm a baby. <laughs> Shirley. <laughs> At the, yeah, all these kind of saying something about their personality and Britta being a robot is, mm-hmm. is perfect. That's, that's yeah, I like the too. little descriptions of some of them. Like like Britta thinks thinks it's because she's progressive and kick-ass, but uh, someone else says it's because she's heartless and godless. Oh, Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Annie, Annie thinking she's a ballerina because she's thin and graceful, but uh, is it Britta says, no, you're fragile and tightly wound. Yeah. I like all those because every descriptor makes sense, but some are positive, some are negative. Yeah, I saw um, on IMDb they had Dan Harmon broke down those and said that Ahmed sees Jeff as a big talking head with limited functionality. He sees Pierce as maybe deserving of more love than he gets. Aww. Troy is a soldier, which that's all he says. Um, Britta as a malfunctioning device. Annie as a creature of grace. And Shirley as a big baby who feels entitled to the Christmas of her choosing. <laughs> hmm. Some of those are much more specific than others. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as Abbas says, cut the non-thematic chatter, people. 
we, we got to stay on target here. Uh, <laughs> so this also this episode kind of also becomes a I, I don't know where like a, a horror film where people are being knocked off left and right. You know, who's going to survive to the very end of this Christmas journey? And so they, they this show seems to do it. We've we've actually looked at past episodes like the paintball episodes where they start eliminating characters and then they're just kind of out for a while or out for the rest of the episode. So they start doing that here. And Shirley is the first one to go ejected by Christmas pterodactyl. Yeah, I like that. Christmas pterodactyl is awesome. I do feel really bad for Shirley, um, who I feel like has a little bit of a legitimate grievance, but, uh, but also once again, it's unfortunately eventical round being sidelined for most of the episode. And that's sad. Yeah. Yeah, and at least they kind of bring him back at the end. I I felt like at least they're throwing, you know, like they're not gone forever. But yeah, that's true. Would have been would have been nice, I think, if they all stayed all the way through. Uh, and Jeff, Jeff's the next to go uh, because he's attacked by humbugs, and <laughs> the only way to counter that is by staying perfectly sincere. But he gets turned into a skeleton, which weirdly enough looks way better than his other character. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. So. What what did what does Britta say that <laughs> Troy is like season's greetings from Britta Perry? It's like something like uh, Christian stole Christmas from the solstice or something like that. <laughs> yeah, season's greetings from Britta Perry. Yeah. Jesus was actually born in April, and whatever stole it from the pagans. Probably, but you know, like, it's a uh, it's okay. You kind of just pick a date and you go with it, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah. find out that fortunately all of the songs here are public domain uh, so they're either originals or public domain we don't have to worry about paying out rights yay um, that's the true yeah, Christmas miracle is that, is that in the line of dialogue I missed that yeah it is yeah, it's a quick line yeah when they're walking through the plants that sing songs instead of um, uh, instead of, instead of creating oxygen, oxygen yeah mm. I like how Abed kind of turns Duncan's psychology right around back on him mm-hmm. and gets uh, Duncan to relive his 10th Christmas where he has uh, a bit of a breakdown. And it's um, it's really an enjoyable little monologue. I, I really enjoy I really like that part. So me too. Yeah. So question, by the way. Um, so as we're going through this and people are being picked off. So if we flash back to real life where this is happening, are they just now sitting at the table being quiet and twiddling their thumbs? Do you I think, think that being, they... I thought they were being kicked out of the room. I was They're imagining being them being out out the kicked out of the room, yeah. Okay, I didn't think about it until just now. But, okay, yeah. I guess that makes more sense. And I imagine some of them are like, they're, you know, they're getting insulted by their final song or something, so they're just like, okay, fine, I'm leaving the room. And they're just walking out, so... Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they and then they just kind of all come back in mass for the final song, right? Yeah, I figure like Annie and Troy probably gathered everybody to come back and help. See, we need a a companion episode to this where we see the live action version of everything that's going on. My my husband thought that there was a scene in a future episode where they show what was going on, but I I don't know what he's talking about. I really haven't seen much further. I don't recall. There's a, there's a future episode where we do see flashbacks f- 
from like all the extras points of view but i I don't think that this was one of them Mm. but perhaps i'm wrong or maybe it's a a bonus you know like an extra scene or something Mm. maybe Um, they end up hopping on yeah so we have all these different scenes i guess that's something else we could talk about in the in the christmas world what was your favorite locale Hmm. i like the train i was gonna say i like the train too Christmas train is fun. Mm-hmm. Less creepy than the Polar Express. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> I, I like we... uh, Santa's workshop at the end. It's it's very moody kind of mm. uh, shed. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I, I like the original, like the first place they land, sort of the winter wonderland with the, you know, with the, the path of gumdrops. The Willy uh, Wonka-esque place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I read, uh, you probably read this too, Al, because you read the same IMDb as me, but apparently there's a there's a quick moment there where Snowman Chang is in the back just peeping at them. <laughs> oh, I didn't oh. see that. I, I haven't seen it in the episode yet, but I read that that is true. So, well, Let's put this episode on pause and I'll go watch it <laughs> yeah. together here and we'll, we'll verify that. And yes, yeah, there's some... The, the Willy Wonka mm-hmm. stuff. I, I like Abed as a Willy Wonka stand-in. Uh, Me too. Kind of knowing, knowing what's going to happen to everyone and uh, in command and leading them through this place. I like that that setup mm-hmm. for the episode. I liked it too. Yeah, his his journey is really interesting, and that's something else I have a hard time kind of wrapping my head around. Is Abed's obviously he's got this issue that we kind of eventually find out it's a big mystery of the you know episode the big secret why he's seeing everything in stop motion but at, at the same time he seems to be more in command of the setting in this world than everybody else he's able to easily turn the tables on duncan several times and uh, doesn't seem like he's unhinged or anything like he just He's, you know, he's he's still astutely observing the different characteristics of everybody and kind of calling out like Britta being a robot and whatnot. Um, so I don't know. I I've, I guess that kind of goes with the episode. And yes, this is his world. But uh, at the same time, it just doesn't seem like he's really that out of control. He's just being super imaginative and maybe retreating to his happy place, which I think we all have that. Right. You know, you're happy Gilmore, your happy place. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you go when you just need to um, to kind of recharge mentally. But- yeah, it's interesting. Now I'm just thinking a bit more broadly about Arbed again, but it's it's so interesting that Arbed works in this show where I feel like pretty much every other show and movie, you couldn't put an Arbed in there uh, because, I mean, often like writing uh, scripts... Uh, there are moments when a writer will be like, oh, no, that doesn't work. The character's being too knowing. They're, it's like they're, they're, they know too much about the makeup of the show and how all the other characters tick and everything. But this is just like going the opposite way and it works so well and it's so much fun that Abed really is extremely knowing about every character and every kind of uh, plot point of the show and everything that's going on. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to ask you guys, do you think Abed wants to be helped in this episode? Like he sort of lets Duncan take him to the cave of forgotten memories or whatever it is. Uh, but he's not super enthusiastic about it, but he's also not fighting him too hard on it. And just going through this whole group exercise, 
I mean, he's not dumb. He kind of understands why Duncan is doing this, but he's also getting to have fun going through a Christmas wonderland. And he does want to find what, whatever the, the secret of Christmas is all about. So I, I don't know. Do, it, does he want to be helped here? Is this kind of his weird cry for help? Or is he just being super meta weird Ovid? I just took it as super meta, super meta weird Ovid. I don't get the impression he really wants to be helped per se. Like you said, I think he's a little too aware and a little too like, okay, yeah, fine. This is therapy. It feels a lot like last episode where he just decided to let this guy talk to him for, you know, for two hours about Farscape because he wanted to talk about Farscape Mm -hmm. and ignoring everything else that was going on. Um, You know, and that's, we've established already that Ahmed is a character that is feels a real lack of connection with other people. And so I, I think he's willing to hang out with his friends and do the things that make him happy because his friends want him to, they feel like they want to help him here or whatever that uh, he's willing to just kind of go with that. So he can also get the, the thing that gives him enjoyment out of it. So I don't think that it's, I don't know. This premise doesn't entirely hold up to me. I guess maybe that's why, because I don't think he really wants help. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of taking a diversion. Yeah, uh, I found Chang the Snowman. It's at seven twenty, and I'll never s- not see it again. I don't know how I couldn't see it. It's creepy as uh, creepy as hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be haunting his dreams tonight. Yep. Yes. Uh, so I like I, again. I like the Christmas train. I think that was a a great set for them. I like the fact that. The different speeds that they have is aloof, detached, distant, and Bjork. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Every time I see that little joke, I just that that really makes me smile. <laughs> Not enough Bjork jokes, sitcoms <laughs> in sitcom worlds. So, um, we also find out some some little trivia about some of their backgrounds. We find out that Annie's mom is indeed Jewish. We knew she's Jewish, but her dad is Episcopalian. So they had a spicy marriage. Mm-hmm. Apparently, had a Christmas time was a little bit of a, a minefield for them, and we also find find out that Abed's mom visits him every December 9th so that they could watch Rudolph together, which is an adorable tradition. I like that, except apparently this year it didn't happen. And there we go, there we go, right into Abed's. What, what triggered his trauma here is that his mom has moved on to her new family and she, she no longer is going to visit him. It's like, you could still visit your son. I it's know. really important to him. <laughs> Pretty awful. The way the note is worded too is like, I have a new family. I'm like, did she really say that? Or is that just how Abed took it? But like, regardless, Justin's right. She could still visit him. It's the 9th of December. Not like Christmas Eve or something. Why can't she Isn't go? This, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, I was I was just like, why can't she See, go visit him for a day or two, two weeks before Christmas? And that's what we established in, in season one. December 10th is not Christmas. <laughs> 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 so stop making stop making it out to be the be all end all. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wondered too if that line. Uh, Mummy's moved on or whatever is from the letter. But actually I, I rewatched that bit, Heather, and I don't think I think that's just uh Professor Duncan 
saying that bit. Uh, I think uh, okay. he quickly transitions from reading to saying, and the things that he starts saying are much nastier than the letter. Uh, and I think the last thing in the letter is just wash your duper, which apparently means ass. So. <laughs> I assumed it must be Polish, something like yeah. that, but I didn't, you know. I don't yeah, know. It yeah, we're learning, we're learning a little bits of <laughs> Polish in, in this show here. Yeah, <laughs> Duncan is just just such an awful, awful counselor. And I, I think, of course, that's no no new news, but just seeing him in action here, it's he's exploiting somebody who's going through a really traumatic moment. And, yeah, he, deserve, he deserves to be ganged up on. I think mm-hmm. he truly deserves the role mm-hmm. of villain here, uh, which we kind of move into. This gets this episode gets more and more like an action movie, which is cool. Like we need we need some of that. So this really nice, uh, exciting train top sequence I liked uh, when they're kind of up there, and and of course that's what everybody does in movies on trains. You want to get up to the roof and walk around and yeah, fight. I um, mean, even as like a, like a superhero pose. Yeah. On, uh, you crouched with one hand on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I love that Pierce comes back. Like he just kind of mm-hmm. wanders back in and he's, he's, you wouldn't think out of all the characters that get knocked out, uh, he would come back. He actually, he left voluntarily cause no more cookies. And now he's back uh, to kind of be a companion to Abed, which uh, I liked. It really works for some reason. I wonder if it's because Pierce does tend to be, uh, I, I was going to say he's the least deceptive, but that's completely not true. Uh, he's he kind of just is who he is and doesn't make a lot of uh, concessions for that. I don't know if him being kind of wearing his heart on his sleeve like that is uh, makes him the most fit to be with Ahmed at the end. Or am I reading way too much into that? I don't know. But I like it too. Just, it felt right to me. I just kind of always thought like a little teddy bear looks like a companion. That like may you, just be what it is. Okay. He just, he's so adorable. Well, and P- Pierce does both. say he, he's like, I don't want to go home. It's depressing. I thought, well, yeah, mm-hmm. he has the same problem around Christmas time that Abed's now experiencing. It's December 10th. I know. <laughs> I know. You're right. You're right. Yeah, they get to the Santa's abandoned workshop. It is creepy. It's not what we thought it would be. There's uh, Lost Season 1 on DVD. Lord, uh, apparently, yeah. poor lost. Yeah. <laughs> Representing a lack of payoff. I, I think this is a, a reference that probably did not age well for most of the audience that discovers community these days because, as it's been pointed out, like Lost was insanely popular and nobody talks about it today. Mm-hmm. It, it really dropped off pop culture's radar, and that's kind of a shame. It's still a really good show, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a J.J. Abrams dig right there. And I think that's well-deserving. Yeah. I think today would be, you know, like, oh, it's Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. You know, mm-hmm. lack of payoff. There you go. Um, timeless. Timeless. <laughs> <laughs> so the gang the gang, uh, gangs up on Duncan. They're sick of him kind of jerking Abed around and not letting Abed find whatever piece he wants to find in the meaning of christmas so they come at him with magic christmas weapons i love these weapons it's it's one of those things you gotta you gotta pause and you just have to watch you know look at all the different weapons they come up with um candy cane nunchucks with troy (laughs) maybe my favorite but there's a lot of good stuff here 
So they say, uh, <laughs> I forget who said this, but because I didn't write that down, uh, <laughs> they're they're con- they're confronting Duncan's like, I got a great idea. Why don't we sing it? What? <laughs> you know, somebody's not really happy about that. But they start in this last song where they're singing and fighting, uh, which is good. And, and geez, Annie Shelley and G- can sing. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. got, some, got a voice on her there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Annie and Jeff, did you catch that they sing I Love You together? I did. Yeah, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Very suspicious. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you guys. I was watching their faces like, are they going to look at each other? Are they going to look at each other while they say it? And I don't think they really do. But they put their heads together mm-hmm. and they're the only two people in frame. So there's yeah, there's just a little bit. You can ship that a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So what do you guys think about this final fight? Is it too much, too little? It's Al, you said you like the song. Oh, I said they like. Yeah, I like all the songs. I think I think it's it's appropriate for community, certainly just to go, you know, balls out weird and have a fun little claymation fight scene. That that tracks for me. Yeah, it doesn't feel out of place. Thomas, what do you think would it be in real life? What would be happening in the study room? Like, would they just be pelting Duncan with erasers and crumpled yeah, up paper? Yeah, I or? imagine they have to be throwing something at him, uh, whatever they can get their hands on, I guess. And then, well, there's a bit where Troy is nunchucking him so like maybe he's gotten up close and he's doing some melee of some sort to duncan (laughs) there is the bit on the train uh where he's grabbing duncan and duncan's like you're grabbing me in real life (laughs) uh, yeah so i imagine it's pretty chaotic in real life as well but then i like uh, the idea of troy taking a pencil and whacking duncan's knuckles with it oh yeah (laughs) ouch (laughs) i'm not sure what happens when they do the pterodactyl self-destruct um Leonard. <laughs> ah, there you go. I like that it comes back, though. The Christmas pterodactyl is too good just to be a one-time thing. Yeah. So bringing it back, that was good. Christmas pterodactyl! What? <laughs> uh, so we get this nice little denouement at the end where the gang just kind of gets together. And they're still in Claymation World, uh, but they're not in Christmas World. They're back at Greendale. Uh, they steal the tree... I like that Shirley goes back for the menorah, too. Shows that she's being a little bit more sensitive to Annie. And I, I just like that little moment there. Yeah. Um, and, and they all get around a TV to watch some sort of special. And if you look very closely, it's probably everybody knows this, but you can see the reflection of the actual actors in the TV, mm-hmm. in the claymation TV. Oh, I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, I thought that was a yeah. really nice touch. It's it's one of those things I didn't notice the first five times I watched this episode and then saw that trivia notice. I'm like, oh, I should pause. Yeah, and Tully is there. It's really cool. So, uh, so yeah, and then we get the little end credits where Troy loves the look of fake food and I guess they swap heads. And that's about it. So. All right, well, let's let's break down our ratings for this episode. Again, this is the first episode we're doing this year. We're actually getting very close to a midpoint episode that we're going to be having soon. So we got we got to like start the year off strong. So give give your ratings with full confidence today. Oh, can I point us, out one more thing before we start that? No. Just in case it sways anyone. No. It's too late. Um, no. Not too bad. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
uh, just in, in my favorite little song, probably the one about Britta that Abed sings. Uh, this is just a me. I'm probably the only one who thinks this, but when he says uh, uh, no faith in herself or friends, I, I, that probably means uh, you've got no faith in yourself and no faith in your friends. But every time I hear it, I hear you've got no faith in your friends and yourself and you've got no friends. And it, for some reason, that just cracks me up so much. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know if that's my, I don't know, is that a nasty sense of humor? But it's so out of nowhere. And I think Abed's saying that Frida has no friends and it's hilarious. I didn't take it that way. Just me. <laughs> hey, get Maybe. your jollies where you can, man. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. It's Christmas. Well, well, Thomas, since you, you are incapable of of ceasing, why don't you go first and give us your... Uh, <laughs> All right. Give, give us your, your, your final thoughts on the episode and your rating. Well, I'm very interested what all of you are going to say. I really, I don't know from, from our discussion so far exactly what ratings you guys are going to give, and I'm interested... I like this episode, but I don't like it as much as I think I was, as I thought I liked it, I think. That was a lot of thinking. Um, I think the the stop motion is pretty awesome. It looks great. Uh, Christmas vibes, top notch. Um, I I just feel like the the characters are all slightly different to their usual selves in a way, Uh, just slightly more. I mean, I guess they are animated, so it makes sense if they're slightly more animated or caricatures. Uh, But I find, like, you know, Jeff particularly cynical, and I didn't really like Jeff in this episode, and I usually actually like Jeff a bit. Um, So, but there is a lot of funny and a lot of cute stuff, particularly in this episode. I find it, a lot of the songs just really sweet and, like, nice and kind of heartwarming, and I, I like all of that. But really... I mean, I'm here for live action community, if I'm honest, and that's my favorite thing. So as much as I do like what happens in this episode, it's not one of my favorites. And I'm giving it like a B plus because, yep, the plus is back. <laughs> it's got to be a B plus. And uh, it's just it's a sweet Christmas episode that I enjoy watching, particularly when it's around Christmas. And it it was it was good to watch around this Christmas, too, because I've been so sick and, it you know, it got me thinking kind of. Uh, it was quite a poignant time to watch it when I was thinking about how uncontrollable my own Christmas was feeling so sick this Christmas. And I think, you know, you just got to take the Christmas that comes to you. So nice episode, B+. Okay. Al, why don't you give us your thoughts? Um, You know, I I actually like a lot of what Thomas said there. This is an episode that I think is has got a lot of really clever stuff and it's got a lot of really funny stuff and funny moments and cute moments and all of those things. But when I put it all together, I really actually think it's less than the sum of its parts. Um, and there's an, there's an undercurrent in this episode that I just don't like. Just Duncan is so relentlessly jerky and what's going on with Abed is just like, it's that that's really awful. Especially I never, I always took that note at face value uh, in which case that note is just, just devastating. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, and I guess the resolution of, well, I have my own family now and they're my friends, you know, th- that's great. I'm always, I like that kind of thing, but it's just like, that really sucks. Um, and, you know, I don't know. And I think I just, I don't quite buy the, the, the premise, the idea that Ahmed is, um, 
I like looking at, you know, funny detached Abed. I don't like Abed is broken Abed. And this to me is that side of the line of just Abed is broken. So again, looking at this in a vacuum, I, I feel like I've been fairly positive about this episode during our whole discussion, but the honest truth is I just, I don't love it. I wish I did. Uh, and there are lots of things to like, like any episode of community, there's good stuff in there. But for me, I, um, I would actually go a C on this episode. Plus I think everyone's creepy. I just, I think everybody looks creepy and I don't like that the title of the show is not a class. Everything else in this series has a, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. like it should be a weird class. And Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas is not a class. So it breaks format, and that just upsets the, the neurotic part of me. So, yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> with C on this, and I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bows of Heather. Oh, thank you. What do you think? Thank you. Um, yeah, I feel the same way Thomas does about the fact that these characters don't feel they really don't feel like the characters we know to me duncan is just way too malicious i i don't want to just keep repeating what al and thomas have both said for me the the claymation aspect is really what makes me want to want even watch it again because i really think it'd be great to just find all the little visual gags that they took the time to mold and create but otherwise, it doesn't have much for me. I don't even like the songs. Like I said, the final one, the one that Britta actually starts, I really like that one. Christmas time, something. It's That's how it's, you know, it's Christmas time. I don't know. That one's good. Annie's about Jeff is cute. Otherwise, I don't, Dirty Secret, I'm not even a big fan of musicals. It takes, I only like a few. So when a show I like to watch suddenly has a musical episode, I'm usually not happy about it. And I wasn't happy about this either. (laughs) Just like, oh, no, a bunch of cringy songs. But they weren't as bad as I was expecting. But still, it's just another mark against it. It's a C for me as well. Yeah, it kind of goes to show that community, it loves its high concept episodes. Sometimes it gets a little too much in love with the concept and it doesn't marry it with excellent execution and writing. And this, I, I like the concept. I think the concept here, as, as we talked about, is great. There's some really fun visuals. Like you guys said, I, I don't really like the character visuals, but I like the atmosphere, the world building, uh, the, the way that this is both representing reality and fiction at the same time is very clever. Mm-hmm. And it's it allows for a lot more jokes and mind-bending meta humor that we're still trying to understand uh, because we're not that smart. Uh, so, you know, the songs were fine. Uh, the Yeah, the thought of just doing a fun little Christmas special, especially something that's an Abed's domain, which would be Christmas specials. And they do, a, we didn't really talk too much about the fact they do a really good job homaging a lot of different Christmas specials without deliberately, like, pointing out every single one so just kind of thematically and you know some specific references but so they do a good job with that but the the actual story isn't that captivating it doesn't really hold up to much scrutiny as i think we kind of proved during this hour uh the the conflict here is not really should not really exist um and duncan should not have been you know, the person coming in to, to handle the situation. Uh, it, and in the end, there's like the joke ratio is pretty low. They're there. There's some, there's some funny lines. There's some funny jokes, but it's, again, it's 
almost every scene it's just an episode that's really in love with the concept and you see it but you're not really laughing your head off the way that we should be so i'll give it a c2 i think there's enough that boys up the episode that it just doesn't sink down into forgettableness a lot of people do point out this episode as one of season two's more memorable ones but i think a lot of times when they do that they just haven't watched this episode in a while so they're just kind of remembering it as oh yeah there was that really cool stop motion episode and then you go back and you're like oh that's that wasn't that good Hmm. oh well five years later hey there was that cool stop motion episode so uh i guess I guess our senility kind of has to factor into this. So, yep, there we go. Uh, I think a lot of us are pretty in sync on this one. I'm I'm so. pretty shocked. I really thought I was going to be maybe even the one that liked this episode the least, but Ooh. I maybe like it the most of us. You gave uh, it the highest grade, for sure. That's pretty interesting. And I think, I think we're all, I don't know, quite different to what I've seen of discourse out there i mean a lot of people think this is just one of the best don't they there's a lot of like a's and tens and fives out of fives for this episode that i've seen i think justin really nailed Mm -hmm. it though i think concept wise it knocks it out of the park and it's definitely memorable but again i feel like i was very positive talking about it because there's a lot of like every episode of community there is there are lots of funny things in it but yeah, it just doesn't hold together for me. And it's not, there are Christmas episodes of other shows that I would go back and watch outside of rewatching a whole show, but this isn't one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely this is kind of something we didn't talk about. It's back to back with Troy's birthday episode, two very unusual episodes that kind of take us completely out of the college experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I kind of felt like them having back to back every time I watch all the way through season two. This is where I, my mind kind of stutters and I'm like, oh, just get back, get back to the normal stuff. Huh. I kind of miss <laughs> I miss whatever uh, you guys are into. Um, but we got a lot coming up. Of course, there's still a huge amount over half this season more that we need to cover. And as we said, in a couple episodes, we'll have a midseason break. We'll do something really fun for that. So thanks for listening to us today here on Community Rewatching 101. Follow us on Twitter at 101 Rewatching. Let us know what do you think about Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas 101. We'll just put a 101 there so Al is happy. Uh, I feel better. What? Yes. My Al, fingers have stopped shaking. While you were saying that, like, what what would you give this? Like, what, what could be a good class name for this? Hmm. We'll have to think about that maybe a little. I think you could go either the psychology route or you could go like the, you know, intermediate pottery route or something you know, hmm. or uh, uh, some kind of claymation joke. Okay. Holiday sculpting 101 or something. There we go. Yeah. yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for today's show. Sorry, it's over, but you can listen to it again in half speed and it'll last twice as long. Hey, I saw the snowman. You're right. It's right in the middle of the screen, too. (laughs) It's so creepy, and it just moves. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Got excited.